Welcome to the Work Life Brilliance Podcast with executive coach and best-selling author, Denise Renee Green. Denise fills each episode with humor, compassion, knowledge, and pragmatism to help you transform your life. Listen in and learn how you can tame your brain, lower your stress, and become the person you were born to be. If you believe that you are underpaid, you are going to love this episode. Also, if you're just working really, really hard, but you're not making enough to justify all those hours, you're also going to want to listen to this. And if you are somebody who thinks you are making enough money, but you don't feel worthy of it, you're going to want to listen to this too. So let's get started. I am so fired up for this episode. I was inspired by this from a conversation I had recently with a woman who was really mad. She found out that her peer, her white male peer, and I'm not knocking white males, but her white male peer, who had fewer credentials than her, fewer experiences than her, got a salary increase way beyond what she is making. And I said to her, well, whose fault is that? Why are you angry at him? You should be angry at you and angry at the myths you have internalized that are making you underpaid. So let's talk about this. We're going to talk about how to ask for a raise, why to ask for a raise, when to do it, and what to say. And first, I just want to tell you, salary conversations are not logical conversations. They are emotional conversations. Money, money is not logical. Money is energy. And depending on your relationship to money, your energy frequency in relationship to money, you are going to make or lose or keep money based on your relationship to it. If you think I'm talking crazy, let me just point out that in 2009, you can tell I'm excited, can't you? The Nobel Prize in Economics went to a psychologist who proved, not an economist, a psychologist who proved that when people make money decisions, they do it first with their emotional brain. And then they back it up with logic in their more analytical prefrontal cortex brain. And then we, so we're justifying these decisions all the time. But really, there's no rhyme or reason to it. There are salary bands, yes. Those may seem very logical. But what people actually get paid is emotional. So before you ever ask for a raise, you need to make sure you can check these things off. Because if these are not all present, you shouldn't even bother asking for the raise. And then we can talk about what happens if you do 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 it. But the first one is, your boss likes you. Yes, that matters. Your boss enjoys you, enjoys you, has a relationship with you, trusts you, likes you, knows your kids' names, knows your dog's name. People make decisions emotionally. And relationships are not logical. Bias is not really logical. I mean, it sort of is because it's put in there by our our threat-based tribal brain to pick up visual and auditory differences. And you can quickly cut through bias 
when you find something you have in common with somebody. If you don't have a, a familiar, warm relationship with somebody, they are not going to want to do things for you. They may do things for you, but they will be doing it against their true will. So the more you have a relationship with somebody, the more likely you are to get what you ask for. That is just an influence, basic, basic influence principle. So check, my boss likes me. Point number two, your boss thinks you are easy to manage. So check in with yourself. Do you bitch and moan to your boss about other people? Do you complain about other departments? Or do you shrug it off, get on with it, be the mature adult, let it go, not take things personally, and figure out how to get things done? Do you play small and save your ideas for after the meeting and then share them with your boss? Or do you play big? Do you show up impressive in front of other teams, in front of executives? Can your boss trust you to hold your own and make your boss look good? So that's the third principle. Do you make your boss look good? If your boss goes on vacation, can you stand in and make the department look really good? So everybody's thinking, wow, their boss must be doing something right. Are you great at relationships so that you are able to get things done and make your boss look good for getting results because you're good at collaborating with, you know, other departments. I was going to say primal, (laughs) primal departments, because that's what it can feel like. It can feel a little tribal, us versus them when we get into these companies. Do you say no? Do you manage your time well? Do you say no with grace, not guilt? so that your boss doesn't have to worry if you're burning out. Your boss knows that you can manage your time, that you can have a life, that you can be a satisfied employee who gets things done without extra effort. I call this minimum effective doing, so that you are productive while everybody else is paddling upstream like crazy, or pick a different um, pick a different metaphor, like a hamster on a wheel, and meanwhile, you're like a swan just gliding. Is that you? Great. You're doing great so far. If you can check off those, there's one more. You have to feel worthy of making more money. You have to feel worthy of making the case to your boss and maybe their boss for making more money. Because if you don't feel worthy, this conversation is not going to go well. If you can't stand up for yourself, and own the work you've done, why should anybody else? So decide, what, what, what have you learned about money? What have you learned about salaries? Most people have learned, if I work hard, and maybe if I get a master's degree, ooh, especially if I get an MBA, then I'll be worthy of the money. No, your boss doesn't give a shit about that. Your boss cares, are you making results for me, results for the company, I don't care what your resume looks like. I don't care what your degrees are. I don't care what college you went to. Can you get things done and do it in a way that improves your department's reputation, your boss's reputation, and your relationships at work? If any of these are not in place, 
you're unlikely to get the raise you want. You're unlikely to even spit out the number that you're supposed to spit out based on what you're doing for the company. You're going to lowball it. You're going to settle. You are not going to sound convincing if these are not in place. And if you are feeling unworthy in any way, unworthy for your title, unworthy for uh, the money you're making, or just you have the condition I call not enoughness. I'm just not good enough. If you have that condition, then you are probably making 50% or even less than 50% of what you could be making and would be making if you are authentically confident. So if you're in this not enough state, do not ask for the money from that state. Because what's going to likely happen is you will get an incremental bump and you will remain stuck. Because now they can say, well, we gave you a raise. Okay, yeah, so it was 5% instead of 2.5%. Great, you doubled it. Well, that's nothing. You need to feel worthy of the real number. If you somehow manage to spit out that number and you get it, Unfortunately, your not-enoughness, your self-doubt, is going to propel you to overwork. You're going to overpromise. You're going to overprove for no reason other than you want to mollify your own guilt. And then your family's going to suffer. Your health is going to suffer. And you will not even have the capacity to enjoy the money you're making. Instead, You are going to live a subpar life instead of the life that you were sent here to live, the big, beautiful, joyful life. So let's break this down. Here's what you need to do. I gave you the checklist, but here's what you need to do in order. First, cure your not enoughness. Feel worthy first. It will make everything else easier. Then it just becomes strategy, numbers and words. Number two, become the person your boss wants to keep at any cost, right? The person who makes them look good. The person who is easy to manage, who self-manages. The person who can stand up to anyone, hold the room, hold space, make people laugh, make people smile, make people sigh um, a relief, and get stuff done together. Then choose a number, choose a salary number that is worthy of your awesomeness. And then make the case. Quantify this for your boss. How much money did you make the company? How much money did you save the company? How much time did you save the company? What did customer satisfaction scores do? What did customer loyalty do under you, because of you? Make that case. Once you have that, the last thing is just to ask for the dang conversation. And it can be so simple. It can sound as simple as, hey, you know, I'd like to talk with you this week about a pay increase. I know that might not be what you wanted to have on the top of the agenda, but it's really important to me and I'd love to talk talk about it with you. Done. It's out there. You did it. Now you get to make the case. You're going to share no more than three reasons 
one is good enough. But three reasons why it's in the company's best interest to do this, why it is the right thing to do. And you are going to have the numbers to prove it. And then you're going to switch to radical curiosity. You're going to get on the side of the table with your boss and say, okay, what do you think? What could be hard about this? How can I help? Whom do you need to influence in order to make this happen? And then you too can strategize what comes next. Do you see how this is actually a gift to your boss? Would your boss rather know this and rather have you on their side trying to make this case? Or would your boss rather find out when you have another offer in hand? Or just when you left? What would the replacement cost be for you? If you don't have the right ingredients from worthiness to strategy, then you are going to stay stuck and miss out on a quantum leap in your salary and then massive potential going forward. And just, you can calculate that. How many more years do you want to work? If you doubled your salary this year, what would that look like? And then if you doubled that again in five years, what would that look like? So I want to give you a break because if you are underpaid, overworked, it is not your fault that you've stayed stuck like this. Your brain is playing small for a reason. It is first the way it's programmed. And then you just kept doubling down on that programming and kept trying to prove the story true. That hard work, getting degrees, working extra hard, getting more certifications, that hard work will someday pay off into bigger title and salary. But you are living proof that it does not work. And if it does work, it's temporary because then you burn out from all the hard work and you can't enjoy your work or enjoy your life. And maybe you even have to go on medical leave or just quit your career entirely. So that equation doesn't work. It's not true. Hard work does not translate into bigger title and salary. The truth is more emotional. Authentic confidence or worthiness plus likability plus strategic influence. That gets you the bigger title and bigger salary. Plus bonus, it gets you exponentially more peace, joy, and ease. So let me, let me do that equation again. <laughs> I love this equation. Worthiness plus likability plus strategic influence. And let's just throw in there minimum effective doing, which is productivity, getting results with little effort. So instead of uh, plowing the whole farm, you just plant a few seeds. That's what you do. While everybody else is working so hard, you're just planting seeds and they are sprouting up like bamboo shoots. Worthiness plus likability plus strategic influence plus working smart, productivity, minimum effective doing, that is how you stand out from the herd. Because everybody else is running themselves ragged. And when I say everybody else, I'm talking mostly about women. We don't see men doing this as much because men weren't taught 
when they were little girls that they had to be perfect, that they had to get gold stars, that they had to get A's, that they had to be quiet. For the most part, that was taught to the women or it was internalized by our culture. So you have to do some internal shifting first so the worthy you shows up, the strategic badass influencer shows up, makes this a no-brainer case for your boss, and then helps your boss get this for you. And then everybody's happy. You're staying, you're productive, you're grateful, and you're still doing your badass job, only now you're doing it at a higher level so you can make a bigger impact. Whew, I'm so excited for you to go do this. If you have questions, or if you just want my help fixing this. So this is what we do. This is just what I do with my clients in my program, Power Your Success. We start by helping them identify the story that is making them play small. Because even though everybody has a similar not enoughness story, you have to find your particular words. I had a woman the other day and we got it down to really specific. She's a type three on the Enneagram, which is a very common type in, in America, in um, corporate cultures. It's the successful achiever. And what people don't realize about the successful achiever is that they are terrified of failure, even if they have reached tremendous successes. And her brain was telling her that if she dropped any ball, if she pissed anyone off, if she said no to anyone, she would end up destitute, homeless, under a bridge, dog tied to a pole, uh, begging for money from people. That's what her brain was telling her. That was in the background of everything she said yes to. So we fixed that and now she just laughs at it. Now she just laughs at the fear that her brain was creating for her and now she is able to set boundaries, to be more influential, to be more relaxed, to have more fun. And yes, we're going to make more money together. So if you want my help getting the worthiness and then getting the strategy, I had another woman, she's only in my program for two days. She said, you know, what? I'm going to, I'm applying for a job right now. I said, when? Oh, well, I'm going to submit them my resume next, um, in two days. Like what? <laughs> So I had her send everything to me, like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. I was so glad she sent it to me because it had plain small, just, oh, so many places. And this woman is amazing. Under her leadership, the company grew 900%. <laughs> yes, not 90, 900. So I know you're doing amazing things and I know you're probably afraid to ask for what you're worth. If you want my help and you want to fix this so the real you shows up finally in less than two weeks, you can have her. And then you can teach her, I'm going to teach you, the influence skills you need in order to win with every single conversation you have at work, whether it's a salary conversation or any other conversation where you need somebody to do, say, or give you something in order for you to be the most successful you can be at what you do. All right, I'm excited for you. If you want my help so you can stop winging this and stop stressing about it, just reach out. We will put a link in the call notes so you can find me. And if you like this episode, we would love your five-star rating on Apple. And if you have questions, please just put comments or questions 
in the podcast notes and we are so excited to hear from you and we love hearing from you. I'm Denise Renee Green and this was the Work-Life Brilliance Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Work-Life Brilliance. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend. And we greatly appreciate your favorable review to let us know we're helping you become a more brilliant version of yourself by listening in.